Well, hello there, everyone. I'm ready to do another podcast. Are you ready to listen? Well, that's wonderful. Because this is... The The Yamcast! And I'm Chris. And I am Erica. And we do all kinds of fun things, but mostly we're talking about Hosea right now. We are. And if they want to reach out to us, Erica, how would they do that? You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at The Yamcast, or you could email us at yamcastpod at gmail.com. That's right. And if you're a young adult or a college student, uh, we are so... We just love you listening and jumping into this, and we want to help you walk through this early part of your adult life. So that's why we do this. So buckle up. So buckle up and get ready to talk about whoredom. (laughs) (laughs) I told you all, if you're listening with your children and this thing says Hosea, probably shouldn't do that. Just know ahead of time there may be interesting subject matter. Not because, you know, if your kid picked up the Bible and began to read the book of Hosea, yeah. they're going to read these words anyway. We're not throwing anything extra in there. Correct. We're just going to help explain a little bit. We're not taking Bible passages and making them M.A. They already are. <laughs> we should put like explicit on like our... <laughs> you know, there actually is an option for the podcast to do that. It says contains explicit material, but mm-hmm. I, I never click that because I don't want them like... To think it's dirty or something. Bleeping us out. Yeah. Because there's no reason to do that. We're just talking about the Bible. And the Bible has some interesting things in it. Yeah. But the Bible doesn't need to be bleeped out. No. Cancel culture. All right. So we're (laughs) doing Hosea 3 today. I love how you just wanted to move right on from that. Yep. Let's just keep on moving. All right. So Hosea 3, uh, shortest chapter in like the world. Yeah. I actually thought you didn't put all the verses in there. (laughs) So I double checked and I was like, no, there is only five. So you're welcome, guys. You're welcome. You will see that as we go through Hosea, there's no reason why this wouldn't be as short as it is because there's no way to make this a part of chapter two and there's really no way to make this a part of chapter four. So whoever put the number on it in the original, you know, whatever, they were really brilliant and just said, no, this is his own chapter. Because two, as we talked about, was more written more as a poem. Three is also written as a poem, but this is written just more as narrative. Straight narrative. So it really doesn't fit. Right. But it does link between two and four as far as what the big story with Hosea is. And so that's why we're going to talk about it. Mm -hmm. So here we go. The read through verse one. And the Lord said to me, that's Hosea, Erica. The Lord said to, that's Hosea. All right. The Lord said to me, go again, love a woman who is loved by another man and is an adulteress. Even as the Lord loves the children of Israel, though they turn to other gods and love cakes of raisins. I just love that. <laughs> <laughs> love cakes of raisins. It's like, can uh, we put any other more random thing in there? Yeah. So. Delectable treats. If we don't. <laughs> Turkish delight. <laughs> oh, that stuff is not good. Some people don't like Anyways, it. Anyways. Um, so if we go back to chapter one, this is what happens in chapter one. He's yeah. asked to go do this. So that's when it says go again. Now, is this going back to Gomer? Yes. Or is this... So it is going back to Gomer. Okay. Yeah. So he, Not just any He married person. Gomer in chapter one. She is a, a woman of whoredom. Which obviously means she went back to that. She's if he has prostitute. to go and get her again. Correct. So somehow here, she's gone back to the life that she previously lived, which maybe starts to spell out A, why God had him marry her in the first place. And B, why a lot of scholars are really uncomfortable with this book and they want to make this merely a spiritual exercise rather than an actual exercise. Mm -hmm. 
So many of them would say, you know, Hosea is having a dream here. This is not really, this didn't really happen, but Hosea is just having this experience so that he doesn't have to go through with it. I don't agree with that, but I understand why people are nervous. But yeah, Gomer. And I mean, it says, as the Lord loves the children of Israel, though they turned other gods and love cakes of raisin, which implies that he also does love her. And yeah, totally. If, if God is loving the children of Israel, even though they're yeah. whoring after other gods, you also love this woman, even though she is running after some running else. after other men. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, she loves cakes of raisins. So are these raisins as in what we know raisins to be? Yeah. Okay. So this yeah. is just a, why cakes of raisins, is, is that like a not good thing that they should be eating? Uh, it's just, is it like it, gluttonous it's or a, something? Yeah. It's a delectable treat. Okay. And, and so- You'll find it in the Bible a number of times. Like David at one point is fighting a battle and he's so exhausted and behold, someone brought over some cakes of raisins and he eats it's them. It's just so funny. And, it, and one of the Bible verses, it's not that one, it's a different one, but it says that the, the light of Jonathan's eyes lit up. You know, like, like ooh, suddenly it's he, like cake. <laughs> he ate honey in that case, but, you know, he ate the honey and suddenly the light returned to his eyes. So in the same way, cakes of raisins are just like a, a fancy, you know, nice treat to eat. So what he's saying is, they're, they're indulging. They're chasing kinda. after, yeah, the indulgent life of, of a Canaanite, and they're after other gods. Uh, y- you know, <laughs> there there might be a sexual connotation to this a little bit. You know, she's a prostitute chasing after delectable things that she shouldn't be yes, chasing after. Yeah, things that look good. Yeah, yeah. that's kind of what seems to be happening. So, All right, verse 2. Uh, so I bought her. For 15 shekels of silver and a homer and a lethic. <laughs> That's a hard one. <laughs> of barley. Okay, so do we know how much this is really? Do we have any thoughts I, I, or I, ideas? I knew you were going to ask that question. Uh, a homer is a considerable amount of barley. It's not like, it's not a crazy amount, but it can make many, many, many loaves of breads. Uh, I'm typing it into Google machine right now. Uh, but 20 shekels or 15 shekels of silver is, uh, pretty significant, um, especially at the time. So this is like a expensive, this is a sacrifice for Hosea to be doing this. Yeah. You could buy a whole slave for 20 shekels. Okay. So if if you're buying her back for 15, it's both showing, um, not how little she's worth, but how little she's made herself worth is, is part of what's being said here. But the other part of it is, yeah, this is a considerable amount of money. So, so technically, fifteen shekels does not. You're saying is not. It, it, like she isn't worth. She's not making herself worth very much. Is that? Yeah, yeah. I, I guess. Yeah, I, I don't want to say that wrong. It's not that she's not worth money. It's that she's not worth the price of a slave. Okay. But that doesn't mean that she's not valuable because he doesn't have to buy her back at all. He could just let her go. He technically, yeah. Yeah. But I'm saying she has devalued herself yes, in a, that's in a certain saying. manner. So what he did, because notice this isn't God saying, go get this much money. He, this guy must, you know, Hosea must have gone to this person and said, How she's much? really my, she's my bride. She's living with you now, but she's not supposed to be. What, what's it going to cost to give her back? So I guess what I'm really trying to say is it shows how little this other person okay. thinks of her. Mm-hmm. So then there's a manner there of which even if you think about it from the God perspective, 
how much does God value humanity? Well, way more than humanity values itself because mm-hmm. it's willing to sell itself out to somebody who sees themselves as less. You know, yeah. I think that's part of what we're, we're supposed to see here. Uh, so to help you out with how big a homer is, just in case you care. I do, actually. A homer is equal to 10 baths. 10 and a, baths? And a bath is the same as uh, three says. Or th- so a homer this is, is super 30 says. Uh, it's also the same as six cabs. And each cab is... Like a taxi? <laughs> like what are we talking about here? Uh, but here's where we finally get the answer. A cab is, is equal and equivalent to 24 medium-sized eggs. <laughs> so this, we don't have what this would be like in modern times. I just love that all of those things were equivalent to each other. It's kind of like, remember when you first did math and they were like, there's two pints in every quart, and there's four quarts in every gallon. And you yeah. were, I just had to do this exercise with my with my youngest child for math, and she's like, "This is stupid. Why do we?" And then she moved to a liter, milliliter, kiloliter. She's like, "This is so much easier." It, yes, it is. It really it is. is. Uh, no, so if you think about it, it's, it's one homer is 220 liters. Okay. So if you imagine a two liter of pop times 110 of those, that's a lot. Fit a lot of those in your car. So imagine a cart full of a homer. Of uh, barley. So, yeah, that would be like a cart, yeah. And then also add in a lethic, which I don't actually know. Obviously is less than a homer. Yeah, I I would hope so. (laughs) (laughs) They're not going to say a homer is this much. And by the way, the lethic is so much more. So I'm guessing it's less, yeah. There's no – I have no way of knowing how big a lethic is. So it must be small. But the guy must have wanted to make some bread. So he asked for some barley. But you remember from the Ruth podcast – Barley is the cheapest of the grains. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So back mm-hmm. to what I'm saying here is she has been devalued by this other individual pretty severely. So it shows you he's just using her. Yeah. And so he's willing to pay, give he her back. He doesn't care to. For not that much. Mm-hmm. Which ironically is, is kind of how the world treats us. We don't see God's redeeming value and how much he loves us that he would pull us back from people who see us as less. So yeah. it's a really neat correlation and some some good stuff yeah verse three and i said to her you must dwell as mine for many days you shall not play the whore or belong to another man so will i also be to you so it seems reasonable yeah that that seems yeah i'm also really curious to know how this conversation would have went you know yeah the little back and forth because i imagine she had maybe something to say back i don't know but that would have been, I would have enjoyed Maybe if you didn't name that. my kid, not my people. Yeah, maybe she would have some. I wouldn't feel like leaving you. You chose no mercy. I wanted <laughs> Abigail. Thanks for that. Yeah, I hope that's not how the conversation went. Yeah. But you never know. I mean, I know that being a wife to someone in ministry seems to be really difficult. You know what I'm saying? Just mm-hmm. I can't imagine some of what my wife has to put up with. Because I know what I have to put up with, but it doesn't hurt me as much. My skin's a little thicker. So being married to a prophet probably would not be the easiest. Yeah. So I, I kind of, I'm not saying that what she's done is right, but I, I get it. There's a good chance that she's just kind of like, you know what? I don't want to bear this burden this anymore. This is a little too much for me. I'm done. But he buys her back mm-hmm. and says, now you shall dwell in my house many days. Notice it doesn't say like for the rest of your days. That would Just like for a few more. Yeah. Five days. <laughs> six. Maybe maybe seven. Uh, All right, verse four. For the children of Israel shall dwell many days without king or prince. Now we see why many days is the thing that's being used there. Without sacrifice or pillar, without ephod or household gods. So, I mean, essentially they're going to be lost, right? They they look to these things, the king, the prince, 
pillar, ephod, those household gods, idols. Yeah. Like they look to those things for guidance, prosperity, and now they will not have them. I mean, obviously they're meant to worship only God, but right. they're going to be pretty lost. Yeah, and it and it kind of shows you the storyline here. Back to, you know, if you were to go back in the beginning of the Bible, they aren't supposed to have a, a king on their terms, but they do. And they're not supposed to be sacrificing to other gods. They're not supposed to be worshiping ephods like we talked about in Judges. Yeah. They're, they're not supposed to be having household gods. So in one sense, they've sold themselves out to something they're not supposed to be and lowered themselves back to what we were talking about a couple of verses ago. But then second, and I think this is important for us, is they are they're chasing after nothing. And so God's going to give them what they're chasing after. Mm -hmm. He's going to give them nothing. And then after that nothing, they're going to figure out what's going to happen. Yeah. We'll find out. Which he gives them what they want. Yeah. Interesting. Verse 5. Afterward, the children of Israel shall return and seek the Lord their God and David their king, and they shall come in fear to the Lord and to his goodness in the latter days. So this is kind of what we talked about in the last chapter, that God is going to strip them bare Right? Get rid of all their idols, get rid of all of those things that they worship instead of him, and then they're going to turn back and worship him. Mm -hmm. So it's just kind of reiterating what we talked about in the last chapter. No, totally. And you're starting to see the whole storyline pick up here. This idea of, I'm going to sell you out to what you really want, but then it's going to create a longing in you to come back. And that's what Hosea is doing to Gomer. Like, he's going to purchase her to bring her back and she's going to wake up and realize, oh, yeah, I shouldn't have done any of those things. I, I, you know, I didn't really want those things. So it's a really crazy analogy that God's asked Hosea to jump into, um, but it makes a ton of sense. So I don't know. Mm -hmm. All right. So now we move on to the deeper dive. It's a little gravelly with that one. That was a good one. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Two things. I, I want to just point out, in the deeper dive, that God's unrelenting love for Israel and ultimately for the world is shown just extremely through this covenant faithfulness. So we, we brought this up last time in Hosea 2, the idea that God made all these covenants with man and he is completely faithful to them. So Noah, for example, he makes a covenant, I'm never going to flood the earth again. Well, he hasn't done that since. Mm-hmm. So we can rest in him. We can, we can trust that that's true. Uh, you know, he made a covenant with Abraham. I'm going to bless all of the world through you. Well, up until this part of the story, that hasn't happened. Israel has not blessed the whole world, yeah. right? They're, if anything, they're being like the world and they've, they've chased after something they're not supposed to. And what's beautiful about the story, the, the grand narrative of Scripture, is that God is going to be faithful to his covenant, even if humans aren't faithful to that covenant. Mm -hmm. And so what God's doing with Israel is he's actually, I don't want to say using them, but he is accomplishing his purposes through them. Even as they wander away from him, he's still going to use that and utilize it to show the rest of the world how much he cares about them and how much he really loves them. And so this idea of covenant faithfulness, God is going to stick to what he has said he's going to do no matter what. So when he makes the covenant with Abram and says, I'm going to bless all nations through you, you know, you're reading the story up until now and you're going, man, Israel's kind of just a trash heap. This is bad. Yeah. You know, we did Judges, we did Ruth. Now we've jumped into, you know, toward the end of the story, Hosea. And we're going, oh, I just don't like this at all. We're well, not supposed to. But we're also supposed to see is that God's going to use that disobedience 
to draw people to himself, specifically starting with Israel and then moving on. So in a sense, what God's saying is, I, I love you so much, I'm not going to let you wander away. I'm going to give you over to what you want, but that's going to actually drive you back to me, which is kind of crazy. If you think about, you know, if you're a Christ follower or a God follower, I suppose would be a better way to say it. At this point in history, you don't deserve what's coming to you. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like think of the Israelites that are actually worshiping God mm-hmm. and they're going to be turned over to judgment. They don't deserve this. However, they're going to be the voices that are going to lead people back to him yeah. when the time comes. And that's, that's really amazing to me. Uh, so there's that. And then that all leads us to really the second point of, you know, Genesis 12 is this initial covenant God makes with Abram. I'm going to bless all nations through you. Then we have this beautiful verse, John 3:16, right? For God so loved the world that yeah. he gave his only son that whoever would believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And then 1 John 4, the whole chapter is just full of Christ. God loves us through Christ. What, what he did with Christ is just shows us how much he loves us. So then therefore you and I should love each other as the church, because that's what it looks like. If we're going we're gonna to act out what Christ has done for us here. And then where this gets really sticky for us is that sounds great when we're talking about other church folk. Yeah. But what God just did through Hosea was go marry a woman who has a lifestyle that is going to cause people to whisper behind your back. Oh, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I... You know, just imagine if a, a pastor of a church is single and then meets a, a a lady of the night or someone who works in a certain industry that involves films, you know, and they're yeah. like, I'm, I, I'm got engaged to this person. Can you imagine the scandal that would yeah. maybe be in church? Like, I can't believe that or this is crazy. And then imagine that person running away from this person and running off and doing their own thing again. And then that person having to go back and buy them back. Wow. <laughs> Everybody else would be like, you are crazy. Yeah, and you're out. Like, we're yeah. not leaving you here. Because we church folks are really good with grace and forgiveness. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. So we, loving and compassionate towards each other. I appreciate our sarcasm. Ugh, right? And always. so you read this and you go, this is a crazy illustration, which, like I said, is why so many scholars and commentators are really nervous about this. But if you think about the picture of what's being given, that tells me a lot of things. First off, God was going to redeem Israel and pull them back to what he wanted them to be. Now, they still don't quite live up to it, and I, I get that. But it also tells us God is, he's got the church. Like, I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm concerned sometimes with what I hear uh, I know, on a right? global scale of the church. And, and I have people that stop me sometimes at church, and they just go, I don't know what kind of church is going to be available for my kids, if any at all. And they just feel so dark and twisted mm-hmm. that the whole world is falling apart. This is terrible. I get it. I understand why you feel that way. God is not going to let us go. He's not done with this story. And so you need to trust this idea that God is a covenant faithfulness to his own promises and his own thing. He will raise up a leader or two to draw us back to him. He will, he will create a crazy illustration like mm-hmm. go marry this person and then bring her back to you. He's going to do various things within the, the context of human history to accomplish his purposes at the end. If we're nearing the end, then Great. We're all going to see it all play out in front of us, and it's going to be crazy. If we're not even close to the end, we don't have to be concerned about tomorrow. He's going to take care of of us, and he's going to take care of himself. And so I just wanted to throw that out there in the deeper dive and kind of let people just see, man, God's got us. Yeah. I mean, if you just look through, I mean, I'm reminded of Daniel. Right. Because he's in the southern kingdom, right? Yeah. And they're not 
Because we're talking about the northern kingdom with Hosea, and they're going to get taken over first. And then by Assyria. the southern ones are going to by Babylon, yep. right? Totally. They tell them that you cannot worship. Like, yeah. we're freaking out in America because we're like, our freedoms are going. Right. Who cares if they go? You know, like, it's, yeah. o- it's okay. You know, like, looking back at Daniel, his freedoms were all gone. They actually were even, like, forcing them to eat certain things. And he's like, if I eat this way, let's see how this all pans out, yeah. you know? And granted, he ended up working his way up, and he was very um, well-regarded by right. by people. But, but even that didn't save him. No. He still did what he was convicted to do, which is to still worship like he and pray like he has always done. Right. A lot of people want to say, like, well, yes, he did in front of an open window, so he was maybe trying to show it to everybody but i also just feel like no that's just what he's done that's his habit right so he's going to continue to do that habit he gets thrown in a lion's den and i mean and he even is like even if i'm not saved like my god is still god you know like it's and we forget those things Mm -hmm. and we're like oh look around this world at how crazy everything is in america that was a christian nation which we talked about a little what last episode and we get so freaked out, and it's like, guys, God, God's done it all the way up until now. He's going to continue. Like, nothing surprises him. He's going to continue to do it. So yeah. while you are speaking, I was just very reminded That's so of, good. of Daniel. And, I mean, even just that whole book. It's not just him, but it's also Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, yeah. and, and, and they how they still continued to do what they were supposed to do and yep. felt convicted to do. And, I mean, even what you said before, too, about – that some of them are actually worshiping God at this time, mm-hmm. and they're still going to get taken over. And yep. I think when we read these things, we think all of them have gone astray. But if you read then Daniel and those, you see that, no, there are still faithful. Right. There, a faithful few, maybe, at least that we hear of. Yeah. But there are still people that are still following Christ, and they're going under the same—not Christ, following God. Yeah, yep. Under the <clears throat> same judgment as the ones who aren't, and you don't see them like— why is this happening to me? I'm faithful. You know, like you don't see them complaining mm-hmm. about those things. Yeah. So I think if you find yourself scared or worried during this time, just go read Daniel and watch how God continues to be there and continues to move his plan forward and right. continues to provide, be for his people. Right. Yeah. And even how God uses that to serve his purposes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think people are hearing from me right now, because uh, I've, I've had this feedback. Well, so we're not supposed to do anything? Well, no, that's not at all what I'm saying. Like, be very civically involved. You know, you know, vote. Make your opinions known. Like, absolutely, we should have an opinion about stuff. There's no reason why we shouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. The problem is, if if everything goes downhill anyway, don't you think God's going to use it to his purposes? So, you know, people are like, we need to fight for our freedoms. Fighting for our freedoms doesn't actually get us where we need to get. Like you've you've made your voice known, do your thing, and then trust God, and then let's go in the right direction. Yeah, and I think when we we've talked about this too, but yeah, when it's like make your opinions known, we that becomes everything, and us following Christ kind of takes a back seat, and it and it loses its lovingness, it loses its compassion, it loses its empathy. And it really just becomes about you and your opinions rather than, yeah, really about what Jesus was all about, where he was about, no, you need to 
be loving towards people. And sometimes when you shout your opinions, that's not that's not being loving. So right. All right. Let's get practical. Let's get practical. Practical. So what are we talking about this week, Erica? So I don't know if anybody's noticed, but when you read different stories in the Bible, God doesn't ever really work how we might expect him to. <laughs> right? Like talking through a donkey or right. parting a Red Sea or talking in a burning bush. You or know, like being born a baby. Exactly. That's a big one. Exactly. So we often <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, he's making faces. Yeah, so, I am. That's good. Right now, Hosea is being asked to do something yeah. again that is ridiculous in the first place, and then he's going to go do it again. Right. And so I just want us to be remembering, like, often when we are confronted with something God's asking us to do that seems outlandish or seems bizarre or weird, we've we kind of all automatically are like, but is that really him? And it's like, would you have thought to quit your job? Which maybe you would have. <laughs> but would you have thought to go over and talk to that random person on right. your own? Would you have thought to, whatever it might be, stop and give money to that homeless person on your own? Mm -hmm. And I think we automatically kind of like, um, like halt the spirit in a way because we start to think that we – that God is not asking us to do crazy things. But it's like if you read the Bible, he's always asking people to do crazy things. And it's the same thing here. Yeah. Now, it might not be that he asks you to do it again in this manner, like right. this type of a, a, you know, where he asks you to quit your job, you do, and then he asks you to quit your next job. But we oftentimes, like, question, well, is that really him? And it's like, but he always is asking people to do things that put them out of their comfort zone. So yeah. if he's if you feel that nudge, follow it and see what happens. And then you'll probably be surprised at what the outcome ends up being. Which I think is the key part there, feeling the nudge. So I've had people come to me, they're like, I think God wants me to do this. And I'm like, why do you think that? I don't know. Okay, let's go back to the drawing board a little bit. So what we're not advocating here for is you think it's a good idea, so go I'm ahead bored. and do it. So, yeah. Because in the next part of this, you're going to just be like, well, yeah, that's exactly how this went down. When... In reality, you need to be listening to the Holy Spirit. So we talk about it as dependence on the Spirit here at our church, right? Mm -hmm. I need to be praying about a lot of things, and as I'm praying, the Spirit leads me and guides me. If I hear the Spirit leading me and guiding me to something, even if it seems audacious and kind of crazy, I need to follow through with it when the Spirit's asking me to do it. Yeah. If it's my mom asking me to do it, I love you, Wendy, but you're not the Holy Spirit in my life. You know what I'm saying? Yes, that's my mom's name, by the way. I know you know that, but yes. the listeners may not have heard her name yet. So that that's the first part of this. And then I think along with that, the, the next piece of the let's get practical is if things don't pan out the way you'd expect them to, you got to keep following. If God is giving you something to do, such as I want you to marry this woman, Gomer, who has a mm -hmm. bit of a history, bit of a history. She's Just got a, a little bit of a thing yeah. going on. So that woman you are supposed to marry her. I don't, you know, I'm sure Hosea might've had a moment like, God, this is why I didn't want to marry that person. Because like, she ran away from this me. This is a terrible decision. Mm -hmm, why did mm -hmm. you make me do this? So there's even something about when the spirit is leading us and guiding us, we can trust that even if it doesn't go the way we want it to go, we can trust that God's in it. We're going to be okay. 
Right. Well, and it probably isn't going to go the way you either want it to or think it's going to. That's a fantastic right? point. Like, yeah. We auto- automatically want to put God into this box of how we as humans operate. And it's like, right. guys, just read any story and you will see that he is – all. I mean, like, walk around Jericho seven times and the walls just come down. Like, that's not – we would go in there fighting. And he's like, no, I don't do it that way. I'm going right. to do it a different way. And right. also because then you know it's me. Right. You can't take credit for this, you know. And so I think that's also when he is nudging us to do – weird things and they might be big things they could be super small things when he's nudging you to do that just go where the spirit is leading you and see what ends up happening right but a lot of times we sit there and we like question it and is this really him is this me and then your moment is kind of gone right and you never would know otherwise like if it is you or if it is him you know right no that's it's it's good advice that's very practical and when we're looking at chapter three i think that's a good way to at least begin to apply it to our lives. You know, here's God asking Hosea to do something audacious again, but God's saying it, so Hosea's got to go through with mm-hmm. it. And even though it's not going the way he wants it to go, he can trust it, he can do it again. I think, and also because Hosea realizes it's not about him. Right? Yeah, totally. Council Corner with Erica. So I was recently <laughs> having a conversation Yay. With someone, aren't the, our conversations are great? Conversations right? are great. And she was talking about how she's in a, an interesting space of life where she has a lot of freedom to do whatever she essentially wants to do. Ooh. But she has this like, I have so many things that I could do, mm. and I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do. Like I don't know. It, so like almost um, too many options is kind of crippling for her. Right. Or she just doesn't know where to start those things, right? So one of her things was like, oh, I would like to – maybe I'd write a book. Or maybe I could do a, a YouTube pot, like a YouTube right. channel. Is right. that what they call it? Sure. I don't really watch those things. But anyways, <laughs> um, people get real famous on them. I, we are I so old. I know, right? The fact that you said channel and I'm like, I think that sounds right. Isn't but I'm it right? not sure. Yeah, yeah, James is helping out. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes. The fact that yes. you were confused and then I didn't even like, know. Uh, I don't know. And so I don't know what she's supposed to do either. You know, like I'm not yeah. – I, I was not given any wisdom really to like help her through that. But w- the only thing I left her with – because she those were the two things. She was like, well, I could do this. I could do that. And the the advice that I gave her, which I don't even know if it was technically advice. She liked it, but was some things you have to actually prepare for. Mm-hmm. You have to actually sit down. You need to actually plan it out. You need to think of the scope. You need to think of whatever. And then there's some things you just need to start. So I think if you find yourself in that boat where you're like, I have so many things that I would like to do, maybe start out by thinking of the things that you can just do without needing to really plan. Yeah. But like a book, you kind of need to plan. Like that's not something you can just do or start and also, I think a lot of people think that they just, oh, I'll just write and we'll just see where it goes for a book. Mm-hmm. Whereas, I think it was Beth Moore that I heard say this, that she said she actually just starts with her thoughts on an Instagram post. Right. So, you know, what is that, like 150 characters, 100 characters? I don't know how Something much like it that, is. Yeah. I mean, you can obviously continue it into comments if it's really long. But she starts with her thoughts there. And then if that thought still lingers, then she might put it and make it bigger and put it into a blog post. 
And then if it still lingers, um, I think this was the one, she ends up putting it into like a speaking series. Right. And then if it still is there, then she would end up putting it into a book. So it's really like her last stage of a, a thought that she had. Right. She doesn't just sit down like, I'm going to write this book and then, you know, boom. taps it all out. Yeah, boom, happens. She, it's a thought that continues to right. build and build and build and build and build, which that then, that takes time. That takes right. practice and whatnot. Whereas like technically a YouTube channel, you could really just start, you know? I mean, you might need to brush up on some video editing. Right. But even then, you can teach yourself that pretty easily and just start recording, you mm-hmm. know? So that was my, I mean, I don't know if she what she did with that advice, but... If you find yourself in that boat, I feel like there are some things that, yeah, need to take some yeah. time to plan. And there's some things that you can just just do and see what happens. She created a YouTube channel called The Yam Stack. I'm just, I'm just kidding. About? No, she didn't. Like, what are you talking about? No. You just took the, yeah, cast, the cast and mix it up to stack. Oh, okay. Uh, she, she just took our stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Th- this is, that's super practical, really, really good, and really helpful. S- yeah, here's one application for that is you and I just were on a we were on a missions trip and we we're like we're going to start leading the college ministry next year. And I think you said what what would you ever like what about a podcast? And I'm like actually I've really wanted to start one. I don't know how this goes. So you and I recorded multiple episodes mm-hmm. and learned a whole bunch of stupid things about how we do this. Mostly just absolute blooper reel type material i mean yeah like the recording the different how, microphones yeah how it sounded oh, what it yeah. looked like where we were going to meet what the how it was going to plan out the different rooms we even met in who's yeah. going to edit because you don't want me doing all of that which you started and realized i can't do correct this. so then we so then i found someone James. far more qualified than myself mr james and uh he didn't know what he was doing no, I'm just <laughs> he <laughs> I'm just learned kidding. along the way but he but he did and he's stepped up and we this thing is kind of like semi professional now like it's legit but we didn't necessarily know it we needed to get started with it but we also knew that when we started with it we weren't going to keep most of the original stuff mm-hmm. right but then even that has sort of molded itself into this and versus like when you're reading hosea 3 hosea needs to have those materials to buy his wife back yes like he's got to get 15 shekels he's got to get the homer of you know, in the last of barley, he's got to get all that taken care of. And so there's some type of planning that has to happen. And so even though God is telling him to do something, he's got to sort of figure it out. You know, I've met people that start writing a book and they get less than a page in, they realize I don't know what I'm doing and they just never go back to it. Mm-hmm. So some who, who might say, we'll just start writing and it'll all come together. Nah, that's not really how it works. Like mm-hmm. you, you need to have some kind of basic understanding or structure of what you're aiming toward. That might change along the way, mm-hmm. right? You write a rough draft and you're like, that was terrible. Here's what I would rather do with the story. But we just don't think of it that way. And so I think you gave good advice. That's really good advice. Well, thank you. You're welcome. So that was it. Hosea okay, 3, three, the shortest... Chapter of the scripture. We did not. It is five verses. We are so in sync. Mm -hmm. Bye, bye, bye. Like Justin Timberlake. Hey, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Yamcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Remember to check us out on all the socials like Instagram at the Yamcast. We love to hear back from you guys, so please leave us a comment or a review, and we might even send you guys a sticker. Also, if you have any questions that you'd like us to answer here on the podcast, you can email us at yamcastpod at gmail.com. That is yamcastpod at gmail.com.